Thank you, thank you. You can have a seat, guys. So wonderful to be here with you. Can you guys hang around for, for a few minutes? Um, it's just such an honour to be in your church, and especially on Mother's Day, because it's such a special day where we get to honour mums, and I am a mum of three beautiful children. They're here today. Um, but I do have a picture. Can we chuck that up if you've got it? Um, they are crazy but awesome. And um, here they are there. So the one on the left is Billy Cruz, and he's my eldest. He's six. He just started school. School's like a whole new world to me. Any school tips from some mums I'd love today? Um, that's blowing my mind. But he's beautiful. He's ordered. He's just so loves to learn and we just went away on holidays for two weeks and every day he's just telling me new things that I didn't even know. He's just amazing. And then this one on the right is my second son, Taylor Bloom, who's three and he's cheeky and loves to just push people's buttons and have a lot of fun. And I thought he was our wild child, but then Rocky Love came along, our surprise package, and she's crazy. I mean... She's actually crazy. She's broken my nose and her nose. She's only one. She's just like rough and tough and she's just funny and she just knows what she wants and she, she doesn't get it. She'll just scream until she gets it. So, um, but they are our children and we're very blessed. And actually all three of our children are miracles because we were told that we probably wouldn't be able to have children and that we would need, you know, medical intervention. But all three of our babies are natural and from heaven. And so I'm so thankful to the Lord to be a mum. Because it's the best job and the hardest thing I've ever done with my life. Amen. <laughs> but I also want to bless some mums this morning. Because I think it's just a beautiful thing to do. Um, but I firstly want to bless the mum of this house to be, Rebecca. So stand up, Rebecca. Come here, you beautiful soul. Going to be your mama for the first time. It's just something tiny to say we love you and can't wait to see you as a mum. Can't wait to see if it's a boy or a girl. I know you know, but you're not telling anyone. I'm going to try and get it out of you. Let me make you slip up. But um, if you're a mum here, I want to find out who's got the most children. Does anyone here have more than three children? You do. How many do you have? Oh, four. Well, this definitely goes to you. I, I have three and I do not know if I could possibly do any more. I think you are amazing. Happy Mother's Day. So cool. What's your name? Lynn. Lynn. Nice to meet you, Lynn. And who here is maybe the youngest mum in the room or the newest mum? Oh, yeah, definitely you. Has anyone got like a one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old? Oh, Amanda. Where are you, Amanda? You're hiding at the back. Come down here, Amanda. Let's give Amanda a hand. Look at your parka. You're, you're all organised for this morning. How old is your babe? Two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, well done. Good on you. <laughs> Sorry to make you walk all the way down here. <laughs> oh, it's just so great to be here. And I just want to thank your pastors, Pastor Mitch and Rebecca. We just seriously love you guys. Truly, deeply love you. 
And we have known you since teenagers and we love doing the journey with you guys. And it's just such an honour, truly, to be here and to be in your world and to know you guys, to watch you grow and just to, you know, even sit now in this location under you guys. And we just want to honour you. We love you. You're faithful. You're loyal. And we know that this place it's just going to be so loved because of you guys. So thank you for all you do and thank you for having us. And the parents of Mitch, so great to have you with us as well this morning. And, you know, this morning we are talking about uh, refreshment and being refreshed by the Holy Spirit, which is a good thing, yeah? So I just thought maybe right now, just first up, why don't we just close our eyes just for a moment. And just let the Holy Spirit just rest upon you right now. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you just close your eyes and just think about Him for a moment. Put the busyness of the day aside. Just let the Holy Spirit rest upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, that you would rest this morning upon every soul and every life in this room. Lord, I thank you, God, that you would speak this morning to every heart. Lord, into every season. Lord, that you know each person in this room. You know what they're walking through, what their day-to-day is. I thank you that you're not a faraway God, but that you're a close God. And that we can encounter you this morning. Lord, and that we wouldn't just have a once-off time of refreshment. Lord, but we would learn to be in a place of rest with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you put rest on weary souls today. Lord, that you'd lift burdens off shoulders today. Lord, that we walk out of this place freer and lighter and more full of life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks, Ben. You guys were amazing this morning. Beautiful worship. So blessed. Well, this morning, as I said, we are talking about refreshment. Um, And, you know, I do believe in moments of refreshment. In Jeremiah 31, it says that, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. So we know that the Lord wants to refresh us. But I actually have a word for you this morning that I believe is a prophetic word for each person in this room as individuals, but also corporately as a church and for this new season that you're coming into. And I really believe that God wants to not just give you a moment of refreshment every now and again, but that He wants to bring you into a place of not just moments of refreshment, but into a place of rest. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Joshua 1. And I want to read a key 
key scripture out of this passage, and this is quite a famous passage in the Bible. What's happened here is that Moses has just died. And Moses was an incredible leader, amazing leader. He brought the Israelites out of Egypt. I mean, he saw God face to face. He saw God in a fiery bush. I mean, he'd walked around the desert with the Israelites for 40 years. He, he brought the Ten Commandments down from the mountain. I mean, he was an amazing man. And he has just died. And what's happening in this passage is that the, the mantle and the baton is being passed on to Joshua. And Joshua is having this moment with God where he is now saying the call for his life. And he's basically saying, Joshua, now arise and go and take the people into the promised land. He's saying, be bold, be courageous, don't fear, for I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says, keep the word in your heart, meditate on it day and night. And he's just pouring out, God's just pouring out this new vision and this new way of what he's to do now that Moses is gone. And it's funny because reading this passage, I, I feel like it's probably one of the last things Joshua would want to do right at this moment is arise and go. When his leader had just died, he'd probably, one of his very best friends, his mentor, the person he looked to, I'm sure he was sad. I'm sure he was grieving. And God's like, okay, get up and go. He's probably like, I want to get up and go. I want to have a moment where I can grieve and just be a bit, you know, mellow. And God's bringing this big fiery word to him. But this is the most beautiful thing about our God. He says this amazing thing at the end of all this. In verse 13, it says this. And remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and is giving you this land. Not only did God want Joshua to go and take the land and arise and go and take, take the Israelites into the new land, but carry a heavy burden. He wanted him to do that, but also he was going to give him rest and refreshment. And I believe that this is a word for each of you in this room and myself individually, but also a word for this church and this location, that God wants to bring new ground into this place and into your own lives, in your careers and in families, that you will take ground in those places. In this church, that there will be new people coming in, there will be community found, that we'll, we will be going to new places in this church, but it's not going to be wearisome. It's not going to be heavy. It's not going to be a burden, but God is going to bring rest alongside of it. Not just a moment of refreshment, but actually doing it out of a place of refreshment, out of a place of rest. And I believe in all my heart that we actually need to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to be able to take ground and be in rest because God doesn't want us to run so hard and then we backslide or then we fall out of God or then we burn out or then we're tired and weary and burdened and we can't do anything. And then he doesn't want the, the opposite of that. He doesn't want us sitting down 
resting, doing nothing, when he's given you gifts to use, when he's given you a call to use, when he's got purpose in your heart, when, he, when he's given you a call of things to do and businesses and family to build. And he doesn't want you just sitting back doing nothing, but he doesn't want you burning out either. And I believe in this new day and even this age that we're living in, we need to learn the art of doing both, of taking land and having rest. I actually think that it's paramount that we learn this because it's detrimental either way otherwise. And God doesn't want either way for your life. He wants it in synergy, working together. And we all go through different seasons in our lives. And I, I don't know most of you in this room and it's beautiful to be here and, and get to meet you, but I don't know what season you're going through. Maybe some of you are on the mountaintop in victory, going through a great time. Maybe some of you are in the valley, walking through trials. Maybe some of you are just plodding along, doing school drop-offs, making lunches, like I am. But it doesn't really matter what season you're in, that this applies to every single season, that you can be taking ground and taking land and, and doing things in your family and doing things in your workplaces and building businesses and, and building the house of God, but also remaining in a place of rest. And so I want to look at this morning how we actually do this. How do we take ground and succeed in life, but not get weary and burdened, but remain in a place of rest? And I believe that there are two keys to doing this. And the first is this, that we need to let go of the past and move forward. You know, Joshua had a decision to make right here. <clears throat> he had a decision to make to whether he would remain in the past and in Moses' days and, and wish for those days to come back and, and, and hold on to that time. Or he had a choice to arise and go and let go of that and move forward into the new day. And I believe there's two things in letting go of the past that we need to let go of. The first is that we need to let go of the bad things that have happened in our past. And, you know, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, you know, letting go of the bad things that have happened in our past. And these are normally the things we think of straight away. The things that have burdened us, the things that have hurt us, the things that have caused discouragement, that have caused some pain, the things that have really sat in our hearts and that some things that we just can't shake. And I really believe for us to move forward into a place of rest, we have to allow ourselves to let go of these things, to give them to God, to forgive, and to move on. Because these things are a weight and a burden that we carry. And if we keep carrying them, we will never enter into a place of freedom and rest in Christ. You know, I've often heard the saying that time heals all wounds. No, I don't necessarily agree with that saying. I've met many people that are 30, 40, 50 years on from things that have happened and they're still holding those burdens in their heart. Jesus is the one that heals all wounds. And as we come to Jesus and we lay down those things that are in our heart, those hurts and those things that have happened in our past, those things that weren't fair, the things that really, you know, hurt us, as we lay them down, at his cross and at his feet, 
when you release those things out of your life, it then enables you to then open your arms up to the new and the new things that God has for you and the new land He wants you to take. But also it brings rest into your heart. The burden of the heaviness that you've been carrying around all these years or even maybe just be a few days, things that even happened this week, things that you've been thinking, oh, why did that person say that or why did that happen? These burdens we carry around, they stop us from entering into a place of rest. And we need to be able to lay them at the feet of Jesus and let go of those things and move forward. You know, I love the analogy of the car, of driving a car. And you might have heard this before, but, you know, when you're driving a car, you've got your big windscreen window up front. But to look backwards, we've only got our little rear view mirror. And I love this analogy that, you know, it's not that your past doesn't matter. It's not that we want you to completely forget your past because we know it builds who we are, yeah? It's a part of who we are. But it's not our main focus. It's not where we're going. It's not where we're driving. It's not where your life is supposed to go. It's just something you look at every now and again to make sure, you know, there's no cars going to crash into you behind you or your kids aren't killing each other in the back seats. You know, it's just like a little, you know, thing that we remember or we look at. But where we're meant to be going and looking is out the front, is where we're going, your future, the vision for your life. And we need to make sure that that is our focus. If you're trying to drive your car looking at the rearview mirror, you're going to crash. You're going to crash. But if you're driving your car, you've got your life looking ahead, forward, with hope in your heart, faith in your heart, you know where you're going, your vision is clear, that is where not only do you take ground and land, but rest enters your heart. Hebrews 10.39 says that we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith and are saved. We are not of those that shrink back. As believers, we don't shrink back. We don't look back. Even though sometimes it's hard, we are those that have faith and we move forward because we know our greatest days are ahead because God has a great future and a great plan for our lives. You know, when I think of this, the story that always pops to my mind out of the Bible is the story of Lot and his wife and his family. And what happened in this story in the Bible is that they were living in a very evil city called Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord was actually going to destroy this city because it was so evil. But he said, I'm going to save Lot and Lot's family because he was a good man. And so he said, flee the city and do not look back. And Lot's leaving the city with his wife. The saddest thing about this story is his wife could not let go. And as she's leaving the city, she looks back at Sodom and Gomorrah, and the scripture says that she turned into a pillar of salt. Now, I'm not saying you're going to turn into a pillar of salt if you don't let go of your past, but what I am saying is that it does eventually destroy you. It burdens you. It weighs you down. It stops you from moving and stepping into all that God has for you, and so we need to be people that can let go. Just let go. Just forgive. Just lay it down. Lay the hurts down. Lay the past down. It's more for you than it is for anybody else so that you can move forward into a place of rest and into a place where you are taking new ground. We need to let go of the bad things that have happened in our past and move forward. But also, we need to let go of the good things that have happened in our past so we can move forward. 
You know, this was kind of a new concept to me a couple of years ago. I remember I was in a real transitional season and a lot of people that we were doing life with and we had good friends with that they were sort of moving on and a lot, there was a lot of change going on and, and I was, felt like I was just in the same place and I didn't know what my new place was going to be with all these other people having new roles and doing new things and friends moving on and I just felt like I was stuck in the same place and I was really sad. I was missing the good old days. And it's funny because I remember being at an Every Woman conference a couple years ago and Bernie Kelsey was talking about letting go. And she had an altar call. She said, if you need to let go of some things, come down the front. And I remember straight away thinking, that's not me. Like, I've let go of all the bad things. You know, I've forgiven. (laughs) I feel like I'm doing good in that area. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to let go of the good. Because you keep wanting to go back into the good days. And that is stopping you from grabbing a hold of the new day that I have for you. And I remember going down on that altar and, and actually letting go of the good days as well. Being like, God, I'm sorry. I, I have been missing those days. and I am missing all those people in my life. And, and, and I, I want to also lay that down because that is also a burden that you carry. Lay that down to step into the new day of what God has for you. Because I tell you what, there are many good days ahead. And you will not see those good days unless you can let go of the good old days and move into what God has for you. In fact, in Ecclesiastes 7, it says this. Don't always be asking, where are the good old days? Wise folk don't ask questions like that. (laughs) I love the Bible. (laughs) You just can't get away with anything with the Bible. (laughs) Don't be asking, where are the good old days? Yes, there were great days. Yes, you may have had some amazing times in your life. But don't get stuck in that either. Don't get stuck in wanting the old ways because God has new ways and great days ahead. He says, the plan I know for you is good. It is good, the plans ahead. It's not bad. It's not evil. It's not detrimental to your life. It's good. And he wants to move you into that place and not just into that place where you're succeeding and enjoying your life, but also into that place of rest, inner rest. We need to let go of the past and move forward to be able to grab a hold of rest and land. The second thing we need to do, I believe, in order to really live in this place of having both is that we need to wait on God. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But they that wait for Jehovah shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Another version says that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall take land and have rest. They shall walk and not be faint. But what is the key in this passage? Waiting on the Lord. I believe in this fast-paced life that we are living in, that we are losing the art of waiting on God, that in a touch of a second on my phone or my computer, I can access anything I want to know, any information I want to know, 
We've just been on two weeks' holidays. We're driving home. Yesterday, I saw a kangaroo. I'm like, I want to know how many kangaroos are left in the world. Got up my phone, <laughs> did a quick Google, took me 30 seconds. 44 million, would you believe it? Kangaroos are left in the world. I mean, at the touch of a second, you can have any information that you want. We wait at a traffic light for two seconds. We're like, honk, honk, you know, hurry up, you know. We, 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 we're not very good at waiting. And we're actually losing this part of our relationship with God, which is so crucial to our lives. Because we are being pulled by so many other avenues, by social media and by telephones and texts and emails. And, you know, it's so hard just to push all that aside, to sit down and actually wait on Him. To actually give him a moment to be able to renew you, to be able to refresh you, to be able to give you rest. True rest only comes from Jesus. I remember a couple years ago, pre children, I was feeling really tired and I thought, I just want to take two days off and watch movies and do nothing. And that's what I did. I sat on the couch and I watched movies for a whole day and did nothing. I thought for some reason that I would feel refreshed doing that. But I actually was more tired at the end of that day than feeling refreshed. And I had a moment with Jesus at the end and said, and he said to me that that is not going to refresh you. That is not what's going to give you rest. That can only be found true rest in Jesus. And it comes by waiting on the Lord. And it can't be found any other way. It's not going to be found through the hustle and the bustle. It's only going to come from a time spent with Jesus. We need to wait on Him just for Him. We need to wait on Him for His presence. We need to wait on Him for His way. We need to wait on Him for His plan, for His timing, for His rest, and His renewal. Because at the end of the day, it is not by might, nor by power, but only by His Spirit. It is not by our own strength that we can do this life. We can't, and He knows that. It is supposed to be done by the Spirit of God. And that only comes by waiting on Him and letting Him come and refresh you and renew you and fill you with His presence. You know, it's funny. I've learned so many things by becoming a mother. I've just had such a new insight to God and, and the love He has for us and, and so many things. I, I just feel like I'm learning about God. And one thing I've learned about God by having children is, is this key, is about waiting. You know, my boys, they know how to go. They know how to run. In fact, they run all day long. We have a thing at our house at four o'clock, I call it crazy hour. You'd think by four o'clock you would be tired, that you would want to rest, but no, it just heightens up for some reason at four o'clock. They're wrestling and they're rumbling and they're punching and it always ends in tears, always. And it's so cute, my daughter now joins in and runs around the house screaming and they call her the bee because she pinches them. <laughs> she's, she's brutal. They're like, the bee's coming and she's like chasing them, trying to pinch them. And it's crazy, crazy hour. I've never taught my children to run or to go crazy. I don't teach them that. They just know it's just in them. 
But what I am constantly teaching my children is to wait, to stop, to sit still, to rest, to be patient, to wait for things. That is like a constant thing I am always teaching them. And I think generally we are all pretty good at running. We know how to work hard. We know how to get things done when we need to get things done. We're pretty good at that. But I do believe that we're getting worse at the waiting and the sitting and being patient and being still. And I believe it is a new day where God is calling us back to a place of waiting on Him. Yes, run hard. Yes, do things. Go for it. Run a life after Jesus. Build your homes. Build your families. Build your careers. I'm all for that. But there has to be a moment of waiting on Him as well. Because that is where you will get the rest and the renewal and the refreshment that you need to keep running and to keep going hard and to keep building and running a life after Jesus. You can have both. I think we think it's one or the other, but it's not. And He wants us to have both. And I believe for each of you individually in your own lives, He wants you to have both. He wants you to take land and to take ground and to succeed but He wants you to do it out of a place of rest in Him. And I believe for this church that it is a new day and a new season and that you will take land and you will take ground and there will be great community built in this place. But I tell you what, He's also gonna do it from a place of rest and refreshment and it's not gonna be a heavy burden, but it's gonna be from an excitement in your heart of all that God wants to do in this place. He wants to give you both, but we have to let go of the good and the bad and the ugly, and we need to learn to wait on Him. Let's close our eyes this morning, church. Just close your eyes where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are a good, good God that your plans for our life are good, that your promises are yes and amen, that you do have a dream and a call for every single person, purpose, Lord, in this room today. And Lord, I thank you, God, that it's not, we're not, you don't want us to do it out of striving, Lord, or out of our own strength, God, but doing it out of a place of rest and refreshment in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'd just love to pray for anyone in this room this morning that maybe is feeling far away from God. Maybe you're just feeling a bit lost in your heart. You don't know what the future is. You don't know Jesus. You don't know the way forward. You've never met Him before. Maybe you're sitting here and you just, you don't know Him. Maybe you feel really far away, distant from Him. I tell you what, He is not a distant God. He wants to be close to you today. He does have a purpose and a plan for your life. And He wants to come into your world and bring rest and bring joy and bring peace and bring love if you would allow Him into your life. And so if that's you this morning, you would like prayer. Just with every eye closed, I'm not gonna ask you to come out the front or I just want you to to just lift your hand and I'll see your hand 
And I'm going to pray that prayer with you this morning. Thank you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else who would like to join this lady this morning? Just inviting Jesus into your heart. Wanting just to do life with him today. Just lift your hand if that's you. And I'm just going to pray a prayer for you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's pray this prayer together this morning. Let's invite Jesus into our lives together for this lady this morning. Let's repeat this after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you to come into my life. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Forgive me. Wash me clean. I choose you today. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I thank you that you love me, that you're with me, and that you bring rest today. Amen. Lord, I thank you for that lady. Lord, that lifted her hand. God, I pray salvation is sealed in the name of Jesus. Lord, that she would know you as a close father, not a faraway God with rules and commandments. Lord, but a near father protecting and loving her. Lord, I thank you that you would reveal yourself to her today like only you can as a true and real God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Can you stand to your feet this morning, church? I would love to pray for you all. I do believe it is a beautiful day in the house at C3 Roselle. I do believe that God is getting ready to do many mighty things in this house. But I also do believe He is getting ready to do great things in your world as well. As you can lay things down at His cross and as you can learn to wait on Him, not only will you run and take land and ground, but you will also have an inner rest in your heart. So if that's you today, and you want that in your life, why don't you just lift your hands and I'm gonna pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for every hand lifted. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, for every heart open to you right now. Lord, I thank you, God, that you see their lives. Lord, that you know the season. Lord, you know what they're walking through. You know what they're facing. Lord, I thank you, God, that you would come into their lives with refreshment right now, with renewal right now, with eyes opened to the heavenly answers, to the yes and amen promises. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are for them, that you are with them. Lord, that you are not against them. Lord, that your plan is good. Lord God, and Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you help us, Lord to let go of the past, of the bad, of the good. Lord, even right now, Lord, that You'd let forgiveness come to hearts, to minds, to souls. Lord, that people even right now would just be letting things go in their heart before Your cross. Lord, that we just let it all go. We just lay it at your feet, Jesus. Lord, that so we can grab a hold of the new and all that you have for us, Lord. And Father, I think that we would learn and we would not neglect waiting on you. Waiting on you for your answers, for your clarity, for your peace, for your love, for your refreshment, 
for your rest, for your promises. Lord God, that we would not neglect waiting on the King of Kings, our Father. Lord God, that as we do wait on You, that You come near as we draw near to You. You draw near to us. Lord, that You fill every life and every heart in this room. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Let's sing this song together, church. Thanks, Ben.